So fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me to no more. Fill my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Fill my cup, fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting in my soul. Oh, bread of heaven. Lift up your cups to the Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no Fill it up and make me whole. I sing praises, I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, I sing praises to your name. Rejected and alone like a rock, 
because of who you are we are declaring the name that is above every other name because of what you've done because you did not think it too bad to become a human being because you humbled yourself you didn't hold on to the position of being a god being the god too tightly you let go of that position and you humbled yourself even to the point of death on a cross a criminal's death and that is why god the father he exalted you and gave you a name that is above every other name Amen. that at that name every knee will bow Amen. and every tongue will confess and every individual in heaven under the heaven and under the earth will bow down to you Amen. and will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father this morning we are not ashamed to worship a crucified Jesus <laughs> we are not ashamed to glorify the Jesus that was tortured because it's not because of what I have done that we are here it's because of what you have done and we adore that lord we we celebrate that in this place this morning thank you holy spirit for your presence in this place we thank you for the 
power of restoration that is in your blood. The power of restoration that is the power of restoration that is in your presence. The power of restoration that is in the cross. The way that the cross restored us back to the Father. The way that the cross restored us back to one another. Our prayer is also that the cross this morning would restore us back to our original design. Original image. How you created us in the Garden of Eden, Lord. We pray that we will be restored this morning. Our hearts, our minds, our bodies, everything be aligned back to the original design. Our relationships be aligned back to the original design. So right now we speak against every sickness in Jesus' name. We speak against every infection in Jesus' name. We speak against every repetitive causes, repetitive root causes of illnesses in your people's lives, in their bodies. Right now we speak restored back to the original design. When God created us, He did not create us with sickness. And so this morning we speak restoration back to how your children were created. No more pain. No more effects of sin. No more effects of the fallen nature. We speak restoration in our physical bodies. We speak restoration in our ability to think straight. Everything, every area where the enemy is challenging our thought life. We speak restoration in our thought life. Yes, we speak restoration in our ability to process information. We will not be in chaos and confusion anymore. Yes, you restore my soul this morning, Lord. You restore my soul. Heavens came down and glory filled my soul. So when at the cross my Savior made me whole, my sins, my sins were washed away. that your soul is restored you've been made whole when at the cross my savior made sing with me one more time sing and rejoice with me heavens came down and glory filled my soul when at the cross my savior made me whole. My sins were washed away. 
time heavens came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross my Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away. God's people said an amen. amen. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Let's celebrate the glory. Let's celebrate the glory that is in our midst this morning. Welcome to Good Friday service. This is not a sad Friday service. This is a good Friday. It is a celebration day. It's a day of celebration. We are here to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Just tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm so glad you're sitting with me. You can tell them. It's not because of who I am, it's because of what he's done, not because of what I've done, it's because of who he is, it's not because of who I've it's because of what he's done. It's not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. You know, this morning, I have a word. I believe this is from the Lord, but I don't really know how to communicate it properly. So you'd, you'd, you'd be okay if I make mistakes this morning? Because I just received this from the Lord. And I'm like thinking, God, uh, at what point will they shout hallelujah? You know, but you know, I, I, I don't care if it doesn't give you goosebumps this morning. It's just something that God taught me. And when God taught me, I just, I was like, wow, this is, this is the Lord doing something in my heart, my spirit. And I thought that's what, that's the best thing for me to give it to you this morning, right? I can definitely preach sermons that you guys would be excited to hear. But this morning, I'm just sharing something that the Lord spoke to me. I was hoping God would speak to me from the story of Jesus being crucified, but he didn't. 
you know, on a good Friday, you, you want the pastor to preach from Matthew 26 and 27. So that's why we said, okay, the pastor can't preach, but you can at least read the scripture. Yeah, so, so we read the scripture, made sure that you know what happened on Good Friday. All of us are aware, well acquainted with that scripture. We are well acquainted with what Jesus did for us. We are a grateful people. We are here because we are grateful. We are here because we are glad that Jesus died for us on the cross. Amen. This morning we are going to go to... Thank you. This morning, I think it's the feedback. This morning we are going to go to uh, the book of Genesis chapter 4. If we can have the verses on the screen, let's start. You know, when I read the scripture, we'll read it all together. Yes? One, two, three, go. Now, Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve. Why are you all quiet? Read with me. And she became... Wait a minute. Verse 2. Okay. Go back to verse 1. Verse 1. Give me verse 1. Let's read it together one more time. Do you have verse 1 there? You don't have verse 1? Okay. Let me read it from my Bible. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve and she became pregnant and when she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. And everybody said an amen. amen. What did Eve say? With the Lord's help. Not with my ability. See, when God created Adam and Eve, God put in them reproductive ability. God put in them the ability to be fruitful. God put inside of them the ability to reproduce after their own kind. And yet, her testimony is that I didn't do this on my own. All that I have done, all that I've accomplished, yes, I have the ability to do this. Yes, I can speak right. Yes, I can work right. Yes, I can earn well. But I did not do this on my own. I did what I did with the Lord's help. With the Lord's help. If we can have that revelation all through the course of our life, that yes, I have what it takes to be a Christian or to act religious. Yes, I have what it takes to, you know, keep a job. Yes, I have what it takes to be a husband or a wife or a parent. Yet, if my work, if my service, if whatever I'm doing, my fruitfulness, if it is outside of the Lord's help, if it is not done by consistently depending on the Lord, then that's something that I need to, you know, worry about. That's something that I need to check and see if this is something that I'm producing on my own or is it something that I'm producing with the Lord's help. Because, you know, if you ask anybody, you, you know that you know, Abraham, he did not need God's help to be fruitful. Because without God's help, he produced an Ishmael. Come on, you're talking to me this morning? Yes. Without God's help also, you could be fruitful. But to be fruitful in the right place, at the right time, you needed God's help. In other words, to be unfruitful till the age of 100, to wait, to be patient, to not give up, to not stop 
you know, to, to, to not give in to worrying, to not give in to anxiety till the right time. He needed God's help. It was by faith. It was with that dependence, that firm dependence on the Lord because of his dependence on the Lord's help that he could do what he did. So you don't just need God's help to be fruitful. You also need, need God's help in seasons of unfruitfulness. Yes. You know, you need God's help because without God's help, he became fruitful. So what he needed was he needed help to not be fruitful in that season so that his fruitfulness can happen at the right time and in the right place. So there are certain things that the Lord wants to do to to keep us, you know, within a certain boundary certain times. And it is only to protect us. It is only to, you know, give us extra caliber to face the world in the next season. And that is why an egg, if you hatch it before time, the chick wouldn't be able to survive. Because it's necessary that she remains in hiding. She remains in protected environment. She remains in an environment where, you know, even when it looks like it's not being fruitful, even when it looks like it's not being productive or effective, she stays there long enough for her to receive help, for her to receive protection, for her to receive, uh, you know, strength every single day so that at the right time, she can come into the world and accomplish. It says, she prayed, she said, with the Lord's help. It was with the Lord's help that I have produced a man. And that man, his name was Cain. Verse 2. Later, she gave birth. You can go back to my slides now. If you can find my slides and if you can go back to my slides. I think verse 2 onwards, it's there. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain, he cultivated the ground. So who's the second son? Abel. So Adam and Eve, they're going from fruitfulness to more fruitfulness. They have already depended on the Lord to produce Cain. And now they are further depending on the Lord to produce a Abel. And now the Bible says when they did grow up, Abel, he became a shepherd, whereas Cain, he became a farmer. He began to cultivate the ground. Okay? That's very interesting. And verse 3, it says, When it was time, everybody said time. time. So they had been doing this for a long time, till a certain time frame finished. It says, when it was time for harvest, Cain, he presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. What did he do? Some. The key emphasis on this scripture there is some. Not, not the best, but some of his crops. What did he do? He presented it as a gift to the Lord. Let's go to Abel, verse 4. It says, Abel, he also brought a gift, but he didn't do some. What did he do? It says, he brought the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Do you see the contrast between the both of them? One person, he offered some of the crops. 
See, both of them worked hard. Both of them needed the favor of God. Both of them needed the blessing of God. Both of them needed acceptance from the Lord. Both of them needed God to be on their side. But when it was time to bring something to the Lord, one person, all, both of them brought something to the Lord because both of them needed God to look at them with favor, right? So the first person brought some of the crops. And the second person, the Bible says, he brought the best of his results, the best of his portion, the best of his firstborn lambs, the, the, the best of the firstborn of his flock, he brought it to the Lord. And so this morning, I, I want to ask you this. What is it that is compromising our worship? What is it that is compromising our giving to the Lord? What is it that is compromising our sacrifices to the Lord? Is it our inability to see that it is God who is our provider? See, why is it that we think that we can just give some of our crops to the Lord and God will be so happy about it? It's because we think, oh wait, this is, uh, you know, we are doing a favor to the Lord, right? You know, we are doing a favor to the church. We are just, you know, making sure that God doesn't become upset by, because, you know, look at me, I'm standing and, and lifting my hands for three minutes straight. I kept my hands up. It's a sacrificial giving. And then we are wondering, why is it that God is not really pleased with what you bring him? Are you bringing the best of your time, the best of your health, the best of your energy, the best of everything that you have. If you had to be going for a, an interview in an MNC today, this morning, how well would you be prepared? What time would you wake up in the morning? How many alarms would you keep on your phone? How, how, how much would you be charged up? How well would you eat the previous night so that you don't get loose motion this morning? Come on, talk to me. If you have a travel, you know that you, you will eat well, right? So that you, you don't want to fall sick when you're traveling. But when it comes to church, we, we are like, oh, this is a weekend. This is a time we go all out. <laughs> it's a holiday season. We, we don't bring our best to the Lord. And then we are wondering, why is it that we don't find favor? That why is it that we don't find blessing? in our giving to the Lord. Because please understand, sometimes it's easier to write a big check and, and to just say, oh, this is my giving to the Lord. But I want to see what is it that really matters to you? What are the things that really matters to you? What are the things that you, you've held very close to your heart? What are those things that are like, things that you're proud about, that you're excited about, that, oh, I did this. Would you be willing to give the best of those days, best of those times, the best of those opportunities, the best of those businesses? Some of you are businessmen and some of your businesses will run better on a Sunday. Because Sunday is when people are free, right? Sunday is when people are, you know, those who are into event management. Most events, most happening events, weddings, or whatever they do, they do it on a weekend, they do it on a Sunday especially. And what do you do when the best of your businesses come on a Sunday morning? 
I'm just going to leave this as, as thoughts in your head. Just so you can, you can, you can go, to your, go to God and you can decide how and where and when did I begin to compromise in my giving to the Lord? How and when and where did I begin to compromise in my worship to the Lord? How and when and where did I begin to compromise in my service to the Lord? Here is Abel. He says, no, no. I, I, I can also give some of what God has given me back to him. But that's not what I want to do. I want to give the best. Now, the book of Hebrews gives us a better perspective. You understand why Abel did what he did. Okay? Let's read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. It says, it was loudly. It was by faith that Abel offered a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Which means there was a lot of preparation that went behind that offering that he brought. It was by faith. So he activated his faith. And that faith required actions. There had to be certain belief systems that had to go behind his giving to the Lord. He didn't just randomly give. He didn't just wake up one morning and say, ah, this is, this is the best, right? Let me give this to the Lord. No, no, no. He'd been preparing for this for a long time. You know, faith requires you to be intentional. Faith requires for you to think a certain way, believe certain things a certain way, and just be adamant about it, no matter what people around you think about it. And people about, around you have an opinion or a, a viewpoint about that particular issue. Faith requires you to be intentionally pursuing what God has revealed to you. If God has spoken to you that you need to walk out of the boat and into the water, then you ignore the 11 guys who are sitting on the boat and don't have the courage to step out and you step out by faith. So when they are going to worship, I can imagine the conversation between Cain and Abel. Cain would be saying, bro, you're wasting your best. Do you think God needs this? Come on, God, he's richer than you and I. Why are you giving this to God? God doesn't need your lambs. God can make a thousand, you know, cattle on a thousand hills on a, in a split of a second if he wants. What good does it do to anybody by you giving this to the Lord? You're just wasting this. They're having this conversation, but Abel knows what he's doing and why he's doing that. The Bible says it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than what Cain did. So I thank God for those who have come to church this morning with faith. With faith, with, with a belief system, with an understanding, with a revelation. Not just because, oh, 20, uh, this is, this is uh, what, 7th of April, uh, this is the day that the world celebrates Good Friday, so let me go to church. No. How many of you are intentional? How many of you believe that something is about to shift in your life this morning? How many of you come to church with that hunger? Because that is what is going to set you apart from the canes that came unintentionally. Some of us, we are just coming because it is a religious routine. Some of us, we are coming because we believe certain things. Because we have faith that something's about to change. Something's about to click. Something's about to be sparked. There is going to be a reignition in my spirit. 
there is going to be a change in my relationships. There is going to be a change in my finances. There is going to be a change in my purity, in my consecration. Some of us, we are here because we really, really believe. We have faith that this morning's offering to the Lord is going to bring results for eternity. It is going to change how I walk with God. It is going to change how I do my marriage. It is going to change how I conduct myself at my workplace. It is going to change how I relate with my family members. Everything is going to change based on how I worship the Lord this morning. Yeah. The Bible says, the next line, Abel's offering. You want to read this with me? It says, Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a <laughs> not his heart what what gave what gave evidence his offering it gave evidence of his character the way that he worshiped gave the evidence of who he was on the inside see when that woman came to wash the feet of jesus everybody else we're looking at her outward appearance. We're looking at her Facebook history. They were all looking at all those places that she has checked into in the past. But then Jesus, he looked at the evidence of her offering. And Jesus said, hey, 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 you have no idea what this woman is doing. Her righteousness is greater than the righteousness of these Pharisees who have no idea how to worship me. Do you know that when you worship God and when you worship sacrificially, when you give yourself a hundred percent, that is, that is so much more powerful than all the ritualistic ways and routines of trying to please God on the outside. When you worship God and you worship God radically and selflessly and self-sacrificially, that becomes an evidence to the Lord and to the people around you that you're a righteous person. So your righteousness is not based on how or what the world defines. Your righteousness is based on how you're able to bring an offering to the Lord. How you're able to sacrifice yourself before the Lord. Because, see, it's, it's one thing to just say, ah, yes, yes, I believe I'm forgiven. I believe I'm loved by God. But what is that belief doing for you? How are you expressing? Show me some evidence of what you believe. Show me some proof that you really believe that you are forgiven. Show me some proof that you really believe that you are loved. That you are, you are accepted by God. Show me some evidence. And what Abel brought before God was evidence. <laughs> See, what, when we look at it, we may just think, ah, he's just probably got an extra harvest this year. You know, better income this month. Bonus. He got extra bonus this month. But it was not that. It was much more deeper. It was much more deeper. This was a man who had come with a revelation of what God is about to do in his life. He had come with an evidence, with faith that this God is about to take my offering and he is going to use it to bless me. The Bible says, Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. May the Lord show his approval of your offerings. 
your gifts, your worship, your sacrifices, your giving, your hunger, your faith. Let it move the heart of God this morning. In Jesus' name. Going back to Genesis, it says, But he did not accept Cain and his gift. Please, fits the audio. It says, But he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. Check this out. Why is he angry? Not because of Abel. But because of God. He is angry because of a spiritual reason. That God did not accept his offering. His worship. God did not curse him. God did not say, hey, you know, I'm never should you come back into my presence. Nothing like that. Just that God blessed Abel. And God didn't specifically say anything about Cain. And that freaked him out. And this guy became jealous. This guy, it says, he, he lost his calmness. He, he felt dejected. He became very angry. The look, the look on his face, his countenance, it fell. He became dejected. Anybody could look at Cain right now and they don't need to be prophets to understand that this guy is depressed. That this guy is feeling lonely. That this guy is feeling like the worst person on the planet earth. It's all on his face. And guess why? It's not even because God doesn't love him. It's because God loves somebody else. And that hurt him too much. Like, come on, he's your brother. If God shows him favor, isn't that a good thing? Why don't you go sit with him and say, Abel, what did you do? How did you get this? How did you find favor with God? I want to understand how you prayed. I want to understand how you brought your offerings. I want to understand how did you manage your family expenses when you gave your best to the Lord. I want to understand how you manage your time when you're giving so much of time for prayer. I want, I want to understand what did you really do to you know, give so much, to serve so much. How did you really still manage to study? How did you manage to still build your home, take care of your career? I want to know it, Abel. Instead of doing that, he became angry at Abel. The guy who was favored by the Lord, the guy who was loved by the Lord, the guy who received a blessing from the Lord, Cain began to hate him. Cain began to desire negative things towards him. And guess what God does? God speaks to Cain. God doesn't ignore that emotion. It says in verse 6, God speaks to him. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Verse 7, you will also be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin, it is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. So God is giving him two options. One, why don't you do what is right? Why don't you do what Abel did? Why don't you follow his example? Why don't you imitate Abel? Or two, if you refuse 
if you give up then there is a sin that is waiting that is you know hiding behind the door read that sentence it says sin is crouching at the door what is he trying to do it is eager to control you but if you don't give up but if you don't you know just take no for an answer if you rise up if you subdue it you can become its master sin is there from the time that adam and eve sinned sin is there in the world around you how many of you know that oh my god was this a new news we thought that jesus came died for us and sin is wiped out of the planet you have not been reading your newspaper well oh forgot you you have not been checking your heart properly <laughs> all of us even though we are christians tell me how many of you have not sinned since the day you got saved anybody who has the guts to raise your hand i am going to pray for you publicly <laughs> the bible says god told him hey don't you know that you could also do this if you could subdue this sin if you could take authority over this sin if you could master this sin if you can become the leader over this sin the sin is around you it is something that could become your leader or you could become its leader the sin can lead you or you can lead the sin you can decide that this is the boundary you're not going to cross this boundary you're not going to scare me you're not going to intimidate me you're not going to speak like that to me you're not going to be able to lead me away from the heart and the will of god for my life and god is giving him the key god is telling him if you don't tame your emotions quickly right now then sooner or later it is going to bring out a disaster so god exposed what was happening in his heart and god is saying if you don't take care of this bitterness if you don't take care of this jealousy if you don't take care of this pride if you don't take care of this lust if you don't take care of this insecurity then sooner or later you will end up doing things that you regret for an entire lifetime and he didn't he didn't think anything wrong because he had not done anything bad yet right he was just like ah i will never do that it's just in my heart you know i will never say it with my mouth you know yes yes i i i'm not best friends with this girl but you know whatever is there it's only in my heart in front of people we hang out we eat at, eat in the same restaurant we do all of that but don't tell me to fix the thing in my heart and god is speaking to us and saying there is a sin that is crouching at the door if you would allow that emotion to be unguarded for a long time then that sin will take over will will become your master will become your leader and you know what happened cain didn't take that warning seriously verse 8 one day he invited abel for a day out in the fields basically he's taking his brother out for shopping or you know whatever this is his field right this is his business he's taking his brother to his workplace he says one day he suggested to his brother let's go out into the fields he knows the fields very well he knows the weak spots he knows the vulnerable areas he knows the places where you're the most vulnerable to be killed and while they were in the field 
came he took advantage of that and he attacked his brother and he killed him please understand this this is not something that happened overnight do you think that ah you know sunday they came to church and monday abel got killed no that's not how it is one day it is one day because god rejected their offering he developed these feelings you know every time abel would share his testimony this guy he is burning inside him and you know abel he can't keep quiet right he is writing all over facebook instagram whatsapp stories reshare it on instagram stories then you know he is making sure he, everybody in church has a print out of his testimony you know and that is obviously going to irritate cain and and he is meditating on his anger day in and day out to the extent god had to come and tell him you know what you don't look so good why are you looking like this god knows what's happening in his heart and yet god is asking why is your face dejected why can i read so much disappointment on your face it's just a matter of time before the enemy will now sow a seed of doubt a seed of you know extramarital affair a seed of jealousy a seed of sickness a seed he can use that opening that you just gave to just take you into a world that that you're going to regret for your entire life and and he fell prey to the enemy he didn't overtake the sin and so the sin overtook him and he killed his brother i don't want to ask this publicly but let me ask you this don't have to lift your hands have you killed anybody yet anybody in this place do you feel like you've murdered anybody that you've done something as horrible as kind in you can imagine that's that's the first murder on the earth on the planet earth right never there there's never been bloodshed on the earth before this is the first time bloodshed is happening this is the first time blood is being soaked up by the ground let me take you to the book of john okay first john chapter 3 verse 11 it says this is the message that you have heard from the very beginning okay he is talking about genesis from the very beginning this is the message that you've heard it is to love one another you know what is the context she gives abel and cain's story let's read that verse 12 it says we must not be like come on church read it with me Are you feeling convicted is that why you're not reading please read it with me it says we must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother and why did he kill him because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was right so John he is quoting that story and he's saying from the beginning this is the message that we've been taught it is that we should love one another we should not be like cain who harbored this insecurity in his heart and it ultimately brought him to a murderous place okay read on verse 13 so don't be surprised dear brothers and sisters if the world 
hates you. So, there, so when you serve God, when you get accepted by God, when you get favored by the Lord, you have to expect people of the world, people that don't have that same revelation to be angry at you, to be upset with you, to persecute you, to come after you with everything. That's very normal. Okay? But this is John's point. Let's read the next verse. It says, but if we, loudly, okay? If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Ouch. John is not saying a person who hates and who is murdering. He's saying a person who has no love is what? Is dead. In other words, what he's saying is if you have a heart of love for your brothers and sisters in the family of God, then you've passed on from death to life. That's an evidence of the fact that you have passed on from death to life. But if you don't have love, then you are what? Still dead. Let's read on. Let's make it more harder. Okay? And then if there is no love, that eventually leads to more bitterness, hurt, and hate. Okay? Let's read, let's read verse 15. It says, And anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a what? Wait a minute, I just asked you a question some time back. <laughs> How many of you are murderers in this place? And nobody thought, huh, oh, that's not me. That could be anybody but me. That's that brother. He looks like he could have killed <laughs> But not me. But guess what? We're all guilty of doing the same thing that Cain did. See, this morning, my intention is to make you feel bad. So please don't mind the fact that I'm making you feel bad. Yes, we are murderers. If there is no love in our hearts, if there is anger and hatred towards our brothers, jealousy, envy towards our sisters, if we don't have a right relationship with the people that God has placed around us, then you know what God's word says? We are dead. You know what God's word says? We are murderers. And... Somebody who is a murderer doesn't have eternal life within them. Which means the proof, the evidence that there is eternal life within me is to look for love within me. If there is no love in my heart for someone, if there is no love in my heart for a person that I wouldn't, I wouldn't naturally like this person. You know, this, this person is always irritating me. He's always putting stories of how God is good to him and how God is blessing him. He isn't least bothered about the fact that God has not yet, you know, blessed me. He's not praying for me. He, he's, he's not even bothered about me. When somebody is, you know, actually being a pain to me, how do I love this person? How do I show God's love to this person? That is proof that I'm spiritually alive. Please don't try to prove your spirituality by speaking in tongues and prophesying. You know who is the first person to speak in tongues? Balaam's donkey so just because you spoke in tongues don't prove you're not a donkey even after you spoke in tongues you're still a donkey I'm not saying you I'm saying I'm talking about 
the donkey of balaam you know he you know that he spoke in a language that is not common to him he was speaking in tongues but his character didn't change after the encounter he went back being a donkey prove to me that you have love and i'll show you that you have god in you you have eternal life in you that you have passed on from death to life in other words all of us like cain we have murdered in all of us we have shed blood and all of us we have done things that are unpardonable unthinkable and you know what god did when cain did this verse 9 of genesis chapter 4 just afterward the lord asked cain where is your brother look at your neighbor and say where is your brother or where is your sister be be the voice of god in their life this morning convict them convict them where is your sister and abel replied sorry cain replied saying ah oh, i don't know am i his guardian am i his keeper am i supposed to be taking care of him i don't know why are you asking me but the lord replied what have you done listen he's saying listen your brother's blood it cries out to me from the ground from the ground you may think that you've silenced abel you've not silenced abel you've only made his voice louder when you killed him you only made his worship more powerful now the entire ground is crying out to me in abel's voice abel's blood it has been shed on this ground and now this ground wherever even a tiny drop of blood is represented oh my god this blood it is constantly crying out to god and it is pleading to god it is talking to god and he says why did you do this why have you done this and because of this now you are cursed and banished from the ground which has swallowed your brothers blood please understand this was not judgment this was just a consequence of his action because this ground would now refuse to participate with the man who have killed somebody on that land you remember this was cain's field this was cain's area of work he used to cultivate here he was a farmer here he used to be productive here he would have harvest in every season but in that same place he now killed somebody and now blood has been shed over there now that same ground that used to listen to him will now refuse to listen to him the same ground would now become unproductive to him that is just a regular normal consequence of his action it is not god saying oh now i am going to look and wait and you know i am going to shoot you no it was just a consequence of what he did you understand what i'm saying he says no longer will the ground yield good crops for you no matter how hard you work from now on you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth so in other words what god is telling him is one the land will stop yielding food for you two 
you will not have a home in this place you will keep going from one place to the other and you will be homeless you will be familyless you will be a wanderer all over the world you will keep wandering from one place to the other why because of the blood that you have shed so everything that applies to cain also applies to it's okay i will say it for you every other murderer in this place everybody that doesn't have love in our hearts everybody that has harbored hate in our hearts everybody that has harbored jealousy or envy in our hearts the same same punishment works for us cain replied to the lord saying my punishment it is too great for me to bear that is where i'd like to pause and i'd like to remind you this was actually not a punishment this is not a punishment you know that god wouldn't punish twice for the same sin yeah that is unjust it is unjust for any court of law to punish two people for the same mistake right like if they have put someone behind the bars for killing a person and then after some time new evidence comes and says no this person killed then they have to by law release the first person they cannot say ah ye bhi andar hai ye bhi andar it's okay you know only one person should be paying the price for the mistake right two people shouldn't be charged with the same offense right let me take you to the new testament jesus said in luke chapter 11 verse 15 as a result this generation which generation the generation that jesus was living in he says this generation will be held responsible for the murder of all god's prophets from the creation of the world from the murder of abel the next verse verse 51 from the murder of abel to the murder of zechariah who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary yes it will certainly be charged against this generation this was the voice that god spoke to me so i was trying to build everything to bring you here do you understand what jesus is saying he's saying cain didn't receive a punishment for his mistake the punishment for cain's mistake is going to be charged on this generation all the bloodshed that has happened from abel abel was the first person to be murdered and in jesus days the last person that he had heard of was zechariah he says the murder of all these righteous men the bloodshed of all the all throughout this generation from the time of abel to zechariah it is going to be charged on this generation this generation is going to pay for the bloodshed that has been committed for generations which means cain couldn't ever pay for the bloodshed that he did no matter how much consequences he faced that that was not propitiation for the mistake that he did we thinking oh my god you know i i spoke a lie but then i spoke 10 truths so somehow it cancelled out no 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 matter how much you've you've experienced the consequence of your wrong doing it can never take away that wrong doing in the first place no matter how much 
righteous people walk on the earth, there will still be that blood of Abel that will keep crying out to God. They will cry out for vengeance. They will cry out for, for God to not, you know, show mercy towards these wicked people who are torturing the men of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? If the blood of Abel was taken care of by punishing and cursing Cain, then Jesus wouldn't have said, Abel's blood is going to be charged on this generation. But Jesus said, all the blood from then till now is going to be charged upon this generation. This generation is going to be paying for the murders that was committed for the last 6,000 years. All the infants that were killed, all the you know, men of God that were hurt, that were betrayed, that were you know, put into wells, and tortured, and, and they perished at the hands of wicked people. All of that, someone in this generation is going to pay for it. He was not talking about someone who had the capacity to pay for it. He was talking about himself. The only person who had the capacity to pay for Cain's mistake was Jesus himself. The only blood that could quench the voice of Abel's blood was the blood of Jesus. That's why he said, you have no idea what is going to, what is going to be charged of this generation. This generation is going to pay for the mistakes from Adam's day, from Abel's sin all the way to Zechariah, sorry, Abel's murder, Cain's sin, all the way to Zechariah's murder. This generation is going to be paying for it. And he was not pointing fingers at them and saying, you are going to be. He was saying, I have come in this generation to pay for the mistake, for the sins, intentional, willful sins of people like Cain. I can imagine if God, Jesus saying, ah, unintentionally you did, no? By mistake, you are throwing the stone at the mango, but it hit Abel, I understand. No, he, you know, you know that this was intentional. It could be, it was written all over his face. Even if there was no evidence, you know, all you needed to do was, you know, take a picture of his face and put it in picture to text on your Apple phone and it will read out. The, yeah. That's what the Bible says. It was written on his face. God looked at his face and said, why, what's happening? And Jesus says, it will be charged on this generation. There's someone who has come in this generation. That's why John the Baptist, the first time that he saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. This morning, if you're feeling like a murderer, it's okay. We have somebody who can take that weight off of our hearts. This morning, if you're feeling like a cheat, it's okay. There's someone else who can take the weight off of your heart. This morning, if you're feeling sick, if you're feeling poor, if you're feeling broke spiritually and physically, I'm telling you there is good news. There is someone who came to bear the weight, who came to take all of our anxiety, take all of our pain, all of our everything that we thought we could, we never have the capacity to bear it on our own. There's someone who came and he paid the price. Let me read this and I want you to read it loudly and I want you to scream it out, okay? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 24. 
One, two, three, go. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness. Instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. What does this blood speak of? Forgiveness. This blood, it also speaks. This blood speaks forgiveness. That blood, the blood of Abel, it speaks vengeance. You know, when Abel was murdered, he was crying out vengeance. You know, the whole earth began to cry out vengeance. The whole earth began to repel Cain. You know, the, the yield that Cain would get stopped. He became a wanderer as a result of that blood crying out like that. And yet, now we have not come to that same voice, that same blood, that same person. Now we have come to Jesus. This voice, this blood, it says this blood, it's a pure blood. As much as Cain, as much as Abel was a nice guy, he was still a sin, sinner. As much as Abel was righteous, he still had the presence of sin around his life, in his life, that he had to constantly learn to master. But here is someone who had the precious, who was the precious, who was the spotless, the blemishless, the sinless lamb of God. Now you and I, we are not redeemed by silver or gold, but by the precious, the spotless, the blemishless, the priceless blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God. Now today, there is someone who can speak forgiveness. This blood speaks forgiveness. We have come to Jesus, whose sprinkled blood, there is a shed blood, but this morning, He is sprinkling that blood upon you. And this blood that is sprinkled upon you, it speaks forgiveness. The enemy doesn't have a claim on you. So that's why I began by saying everything that you lost in Eden, you're getting it back. Everything. You, you thought you will never be fruitful again. This morning I'm speaking restoration in Jesus' name. You thought you're never going to find a home, find a family. This morning I reverse those curses in Jesus' name. Because this blood speaks forgiveness. This blood speaks restoration. This blood speaks reunification. In this blood, under the power of this blood, you are not a lone wanderer anymore. Under the power of this blood, you are covered, you are protected, you are provided for. You are going to yield bountiful fruits, a bountiful harvest. Where the enemy said, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is the end of your marriage. This is the end of your relationship. This is the end of your career. The Lord is saying, no, 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 this is only the beginning. Because this blood speaks forgiveness. This blood speaks a better word. This blood is better than the blood of Abel. This blood is more righteous than the blood of Abel. This is the blood that we depend on this morning.
there is sprinkling happening in this place this morning and as you're being sprinkled upon you're being reclaimed you're being reclaimed you're being reclaimed ah uh, the lord is giving you a new name and your name is forgiven you're not cursed you're not wanderers but you are a forgiven person you're blessed you're restored fruitlessness in your womb is finishing today today is the day of a new birth today the lord is doing a miracle abraham and sarah you've been waiting for too long but today there is a blood that speaks a better word there is a blood that speaks forgiveness because someone had to pay for all of this every sin you committed every mess up you did someone had to pay for it someone had to take it upon himself and say everything will be charged upon this generation it shall be charged upon this generation no precious is that system the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity verse 14 just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God I know that some of us we are we are unable to worship with a clean conscience but this morning the blood of Jesus is about to purify what our consciences our consciences so what why why is the blood of Jesus doing this so that we can worship the Lord with a clean conscience with a clean heart we can worship him it says in first uh, john chapter 1 verse 7 i'm going to skip a few slides i'm going to read first john chapter 1 and i'm going to finish it says but if we are living in the light read it with me as god is in the light then we have fellowship with each other 
and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin what does it say what do we need to do we need to live in the in the light because god is in the light only if we live in the light then we will be able to have fellowship with one another okay because if we don't have fellowship with one another if we continue to hate on each other if we continue to hurt each other then the blood of jesus can't work for us that's why john says if we live in the light because god is in the light and then we have fellowship with one another be willing to accept the the fact that the hate in our hearts it is not meant to be there except the fact that the hurt and the bitterness we have to learn to release it if we are willing to have fellowship with each other in other words what god is saying is your ability to receive forgiveness from god is directly proportional to your ability to forgive one another what did jesus teach us to pray forgive us our sins as in the same measure in the same proportion as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us so if you have forgiven 10% how much are you forgiven in heaven 10% so that's why the, that's why john says if we are living in the light because god you know he is in the light and we have fellowship with one another then it says then the blood of jesus his son it cleanses us from all sin the word next verse verse 8 if we claim we have no sin we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth but if we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness this morning if we are willing to confess our sins the bible says he is willing to cleanse us he is willing to purify our hearts he is willing to give us a clean conscience i don't know if you needed to hear that word i needed to hear that word i i know i needed to hear that word so i'm not preaching to you something that you know like i'm trying to judge you i'm judging my own heart i'm judging those areas where my conscience is pricking me this morning and i'm saying i i need this blood i need this grace i need this mercy and i i won't be able to receive this mercy if i don't give this mercy to others if i don't show the same grace and the same forgiveness and the same mercy to others so this morning before i receive mercy from heaven i need to be able to release my heart okay can we do that quickly just close your eyes just just identify that person who has hurt you very very deeply and it is still it is still something that is bothering you this morning you're going to walk out of this place with a very light heart everything that is making your heart very heavy the blood of jesus is going to give you the ability to let go for some of you your parents have unfairly treated you unjustly abused you they didn't give you the love that they should have given at that tender age for some of you it may be your friends your spouses 
your children people that you really trusted that you depended on who betrayed you this morning i want you to call out their name very quietly very gently and i want you to say i forgive this person i let go of this pain i'm not going to hold this against this person anymore i'm not i'm not going to cry out for vengeance i'm not going to be like abel as 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 righteous as i am i'm i'm going to stop crying for vengeance my heart oh you're making me new again you're giving me a clean conscience so right now at the count of 3 i want you to shout or cry or do whatever it takes but release forgiveness to that person okay because god has put a new heart in you this morning you may not even think that you have the capacity for it but right now if you would try the grace that has been imparted into your heart you would see that forgiveness will just come like a river from your heart what you thought you are unable to do that you are incapable of doing it will come very naturally to you at the count of 3 we are going to release forgiveness are you ready One, two, and three. Come on, all over this place. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Release that weight. Seke. Sidirar bodo bodo rosereke. Let new love enter into my heart. the person that spoke ill against me i release that person alabose the person that stole from me i forgive that person ishikila rabasere and because i've been i have forgiven now i'm going to cry out for forgiveness Now I'm going to receive the blood of Jesus. Now I'm going to receive the ability to walk out of here with a clean conscience, with a clean slate, with a new beginning. With our lives being restored back to the garden of Eden. With the hearts being restored back to the innocence of a baby. Shila ramandara bulubu serere showers sprinkling showers all over this place showers 
This morning, Lord, we confess that we have sinned. We confess that we have murdered. We confess that we have been too insecure. We confess that we've been too anxious. We confess that we've been filled with negative thoughts. We confess that we've been filled with immorality. We confess that we've allowed the enemy space in our hearts and our minds. And so this morning we receive fresh forgiveness from you. We receive fresh grace from you. We receive fresh sprinkling of the blood upon our consciences. This morning we will be able to worship you with a clean heart. This morning we will be able to serve you with a clean conscience, Lord. Harabo durabo serere. How do you feel in your spirit? You know, I'll tell you what I feel. I feel very light. I feel like I'm in the air. I feel like I'm floating. Heaviness is lifted up this morning. There's no, no everything that used to burden you, that used to make you feel guilty, makes you feel condemned till today. You don't have to think of it no more. Because that was yesterday. That was before 11 a.m. this morning. The Lord has shifted us into a new dimension, into a new understanding. The blood, this blood still speaks. And this blood speaks of forgiveness. This blood speaks of restoration. This blood speaks of your salvation. Because this year, everything that the enemy said, you, you cannot enter into your promised land because... Moses, you've sinned. Moses, you've said that. Moses, you've done this. Don't worry. There is a blood that speaks louder than the blood of Abel. There is a blood that speaks louder than the blood of your parents. There is a blood that speaks louder than the blood of your colleague. There is a blood that speaks louder, louder, louder. We celebrate that blood in this place. We celebrate that sacrifice, Lord Jesus. We celebrate what you did for us 2,000 years back. And we receive your forgiveness. We receive this grace to worship you, Lord. And this morning we thank you because with this forgiveness also comes healing. Because you forgive all our sin and you cleanse all of our sicknesses. You take away all of our illnesses in the same breath so right now we pray for everybody that needs a healing in their bodies once again what you have begun this morning let it be completed in Jesus name but after this service we are going to hear testimonies those who are in the ICU will come out today in Jesus name yes those who are unwell shall come back home rejoicing in Jesus name Yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And right now we shut the door on the enemy. We shut the door on the enemy. He will not be able to come back again this week. He will not have access into my heart anymore. This is a permanent closure. Not a temporary closure. It's a permanent closure. 
The enemy has no more access into my life. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. There is freedom in this place. And this morning we are free. We are free in our bodies. We are free in our minds. We are free in our spirits. Which means you need to do something that you've never done before. How do you know you're healed? Like if the Lord has healed your hand, how do you know you're healed? You go and lift some weight with that hand. You see if it hurts, right? So this morning I'm asking you to go and do what you could never do before. The person that you stopped talking to for a long time, I want you to call that person and talk to them like normal. And you will know it will not hurt you because you're healed. This is how you'll know if you're healed or not. Because this morning, did you, do you believe the word I brought you this morning? If you really believe that you're healed, if you really have received this, then I want you to walk in freedom. I want you to practice your physical, spiritual, and soulful abilities. Whatever is unable, whatever you are unable, wherever you are challenged, I want you to practice that after you go out of here. And you will find freedom in your spirit. 